many times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now, here's your host, Robin Boyd. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today on Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you today. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about the sandwich generation. So many of us, myself included, have um, had the opportunity to, and I call it an opportunity, not um, a a charge or or the, uh, it is an opportunity to have both your younger children and your elders with you in all in the same household, or at least under your care. Uh, it may not be that everybody's living under one roof, but maybe you ha- still have teenagers at home, but you still have to run over to mom or dad's house because, um, She's got a caretaker coming in or you have to go set up her meds for her or you've got to bring her to the doctor as well as bringing, you know, the the 14-year-old the to get his braces adjusted. So we've we've all kind of had the um, the opportunity to enjoy multiple generation households. And in doing this show, I wanted to chat with our good friend, Kathy Craffey. And many of you will remember, we've we've chatted with Kathy before. She's a radio personality, a columnist, uh, a, a, a philanthropist, a wonderful um, coach and, and inspiration to many of us. And I love chatting with Kathy. And I welcome you, Kathy, for being here again. Um, and I can't wait to get started. Let's chat. Well, I'm so excited, Robin. I've just been... I've just been in suspense waiting to talk to you because, as you know, my mother just moved in with us. And so in preparing for today's broadcast, I also went back and listened to some of your podcasts about passing mm-hmm. 50. And and I also searched for quotes, and I learned two very important things. First of all, th- there is no one talking about this subject out there. It is so hard to find good information mm. about being the sandwich generation. So some of my best quotes are from you and Sandra Beck. From the last podcast y'all did on February 21st, I just want to throw that out there. So if people people like me are looking for information, you guys are providing the best information there is out there. Wow, that's really exciting to think that we're sort of on the cusp of of, uh, breaking. I have to say there is... I can I can count so many people in my circle that I know who are falling under this category. And like I say, it's a broad category because it may not be everybody all under one roof, but we uh, in the middle are caring for younger uh, our, our, our children and we are starting to care for those elders. But before we chat about this, though, Kathy, what's your elevator speech? Give me your your elevator speech on who Kathy Crafty is. 
Oh my goodness, I just love it that you asked me that. You always ask me the hardest <laughs> questions. I talk about almost anything but myself. But I'll, I'll tell you what's motivated me. I I wrote I always think I'm gonna die in the parking lot of a heart attack like any minute. I don't know why parking lot, but that's just my thing. And so I wrote a big fat tome of a book about four years ago for my kids, only for them. And it was, I don't know, hundreds of pages, just stuff I thought they needed to know to be successful in case I died any minute. And what I found was all these people that were our friends were asking them for pages. Like they would give my big fat book that I gave them for Christmas and I had it bound at Kinko's. They would give it to their friends and then their friends would ask for specific stories out of it. Like they wanted it to share with their friends. So I went back and I divided into three parts. And so I'm in the, I just finished the manuscript on the first one. I've been a writer forever, but this is just my thing that has prompted me to be a little bit more serious about Mm -hmm. piling it. And as you know, because you and I have a mutual friend, Sandra Beck, who Mm -hmm. has then coached me on getting that, that big, stack of stuff we divided it into three parts and so now it's a trilogy and the first one's finished I think we're going to call it the gentle art of companionship but I'm highly motivated you asked me what motivates me or what I'm about I'm really motivated to share with people the tough stuff that nobody wants to talk about because what I found is in the hard places of life where we get there if nobody else is talking I felt very isolated And so that's what's happened. I've just decided, my husband and I talked about this and decided we wanted, once we understood people were begging for this information, Mm, we wanted mm -hmm. to get it out there. We wanted to tell the truth about how hard marriage can be, how difficult it is to be good companions with each other. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to pass along all the great stuff we learned about parenting. And, And now my mom's moved in with me. So today I'm I know I'm your guest, but really I have so many questions for you because oh. you did that so well for 20 years. You're amazing, I Robin. Did it was 20 years, just just shy, a couple months, just shy of 20 years, and um, there was an awful lot to going into that decision. Um, the the choice to have a parent move in with you is not always for everybody. We'll just put that right out there because some people just cannot do it, be it their home isn't large enough, be it the you know the proximity of where mom's doctors are versus uh where you live. I mean there are so many factors. For for us it definitely was better. Uh we were obviously all in the same state, but it was easier for me to move over and and have mom with us because then I wasn't running all over the countryside trying to make sure I met her needs, met my children's needs. I was still working at the time out of, in a, in a regular job. Um, and I was going, I, I really was getting torn. I, I could not keep up. So we had to make a decision. And well, I think, and I'm sure you had to make a very hard decision too. Well, I can't wait to tell you what happened to me, but I have this yeah. quote from you. You know, I love to start these shows with quotes. I love your quotes. Well, you're going to love this one because I, and I think your, your people listening today will be so encouraged by how much depth of knowledge you have on this topic. But I pulled this off a radio show that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. from the, from February, Passing 50. 
there were there are so many reasons we may find ourselves in this situation. It may be an economic decision. Maybe one parent has lost their spouse and they're mm-hmm. alone and finding it difficult to find a purpose. Sometimes it's due to illness or injury. Sometimes you realize grandma or grandpa is having cognitive decline and it becomes a safety issue. That is Robin Boyd on being part of the sandwich generation. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I was listening today going, I need to be taking more notes. I mean, honestly, I was rewinding the program because I, I, you know, even a month ago or whenever it was, we did our last program together. I, I was beginning to see this is fixing to happen at my house, but I wasn't ready with my questions. And today I have so many questions for you. Oh. <laughs> well, 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 we'll do the best we can, because I'll tell you, once you decide or once you realize that there needs to be more attention to your elders than you were planning. And I think one of the blogs that I wrote and I reposted it on my website because um, I, I felt that it really was uh, kind of in a nutshell what I was feeling. I thought I was going to raise my kids. I was going to send them off to college. My husband and I were going to retire and we were going to take up golf. I mean, that was just sort of in my mind, just kind of thought that was the way everything was supposed to play out. And it didn't happen that way. And I, I said, okay, I, I need to do this. Now, one, I'm an only child. So that meant that all of the responsibility was mine to deal with the way I was going to handle my mom. My father passed away. My mom had a stroke. Mom needed help. I had to decide what to do. My husband and I really did sit down and we made this choice that we did need to combine our households. My children were in uh, junior high at the time, uh, fifth and seventh grade, I believe. So I still had younger kids at home and my mom had just had a stroke. So there were a lot of things to iron out. And once we kind of got the the yes, we're moving in and yes, we figured out whose bedroom was whose and all of that kind of thing, then we really did have to go a little deeper and realize there's an emotional element here. Mom is no longer fully in charge of herself. I was no longer uh, just her daughter. I was now her caretaker. And I still had to make sure that I was a wife to my husband and uh, a mom to my children because they still needed the hugs when they needed them. They still needed the rides to uh, the softball games and the and the soccer games. Um, and and you really do have to find time to work it out. It does not happen uh, immediately. So you, first and foremost, you have to give your family time. To, to get into this. And Kathy, I know you want to grab something in here before the, before we go to break. Well, I just love it that you're going to have such practical information for me. Cause my goal is to love my mother without any regrets, but it yeah. is, it is challenging. So when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you talk to her about finances and how mm-hmm. you kind of navigated and negotiated to make it comfortable for both of you. A lot of it, too, um, and we'll talk more after the break, a lot of it, too, depends on your elders' cognitive um, awareness. Maybe they had a stroke and it affected them 
uh, mentally. Maybe it's just uh, an ambulatory issue. I was fortunate in my case that mom was still very, very coherent. She was definitely um, a sharp cookie right until the end. (laughs) And she kept me on my toes. And um, But I guess uh, those conversations have to start right from the get-go. And um, I think there are times when you really do have to say, uh, Mom, let's talk about safety. Mom, let's talk about safety. your wellness. And I, I guess when you're, when you have these conversations, you do have to remember to put it in her, her safety, her uh, aspect, because they do get a little self-centered. I think I've learned that compassion for me is going to be seeing beyond my expectations to what she's really experiencing and then trying to understand that. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think we forget that not only are we changing our lives, but their lives have been changed drastically. They are no longer um, in that same control that they've always been. They were. They are no longer the decision makers. They are no longer the authority. And it's not that they don't have a voice. We And that's the thing we'll talk about on the other side of the break. They still have a very strong voice. They still need to be heard and they still need to make decisions on their own behalf, but with your help. We're here today with Kathy Craffy. We're going to have a break. And on the other side of our commercial, we have a whole lot more to talk about. Stay tuned. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Bien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lubbers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate love lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. A couple of minutes older, a couple of minutes wiser. We're back to a great discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. We're glad you're with us today on Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you today. And with me, I am so fortunate to have Kathy Craffy. She's with us today to talk about our sandwich generation lives. Uh, many of us in this age group have been uh, put into a situation that we may not have expected, but it's an opportunity to not only... Um, uh, spend more time with those that we love 
in, in a different capacity. It's also a good opportunity for our children to have a different uh, approach to their grandparents than they ever thought they would. And I have to say to you, Kathy, um, one of the things that came from our experience was my children being able to learn more about their grandma that they had would never, never have learned sitting around the, the Thanksgiving table or the hour and a half on a Sunday afternoon when you go and you stop in and you visit with grandma and grandpa. It's um, the opportunity for them to have a different bond is huge. It is huge. And it is such a blessing. I got to tell you, my son would come in uh when he was more in his teen years and he'd either come home from work or come home from uh, a party or a date or whatever, my mom would have channel two, our, our public broadcasting uh, network on. And um, there could be the doors, a concert doors concert, or yeah. it could be uh, Victor Borga on. It didn't matter. My son would go in and they would sit down and they'd talk about the music because that's what my son is all about is the music. And here, my mom would be talking about, um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name uh, from the doors or it could have been Rolling Stones. It could have been whoever, you know, public yeah. broadcasting had on, but they'd be sitting there and they'd be talking about the music and mom would say, I don't quite understand what they're saying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and That's my son would be so eclectic with all of his knowledge because he would be talking about, oh you know, classical. He'd be talking about, um, uh, the the fellow who's the violinist of uh, the the Danish is he Danish the um I'm not gonna be much help to you oh you? my gosh I can't think of his name but I absolutely love him um I'm having a one of those senior moments right now myself but regardless the, the they they have this opportunity to share and we're not in the middle. Because isn't it true when you're sitting around a dining room table and you're having a family dinner, it's always you in the middle that sort of is the is yeah. the director of the conversation. And it always kind of flows through you. This way, their conversations and their experience with each other is, is completely theirs. And that is amazing. I just love that. I really do. And and there there've been some I mean there's some already so many interesting things that have happened with the other you know the younger generations like mm-hmm. my I'm sharing quietly some of the things that have been tough for me with my nieces and nephews because when they come to town I really want them to engage and my kids live here with and always have with my parents and so they got all the advantage of being close by and they they got to mm-hmm. witness the process. But when my nieces and nephews come to town, they, they haven't been here in the day-to-day process. Sure. So when they come, I don't want them to miss their chance to engage. So I'll give them a hint behind the scenes. But it's been hilarious because some of the things that I thought, oh, I'm probably the only one that realizes this is happening. What I found out was, well, for instance, just trying to get some of the things out of my mother's house. Mm-hmm. To help her in that process of letting go so that she can, she wants to put her house on the market, but in order to do that, we have to empty it, right? So right. we brought home everything she needed, but then we've been watching as she holds up every item and considers the sentimental value and who else might could enjoy it. And so that process has actually been a grieving process for mom. Oh. And we've just had to slow down and let her process the way mm-hmm. that's best for her right 
we couldn't just get rid of things. And, and, and I felt that she was so brave to agree to do this. Most people go ahead and just pass away and their kids deal with their stuff. Right. 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 That that was going to be my question to you, Kathy, was this, um, how did you come to the decision to have her come in and live with you? Well, I, I, I can't wait to tell you, this is so funny. I, ever since my dad died two years ago and she had been Mm -hmm. his sole caretaker, we had tried to get her to have other people in the house to help her. And she, I would hire people and they would last for a few weeks and then she'd fire them. Oh gosh. my siblings and I realized that she really was cherishing those last moments with dad and that other people were intrusive to their time together. They were mm-hmm. really, they were really savoring their quiet moments together. Yeah. We have a, a lot of family here so that we were all coming and going, but the quiet moments they did not want to share with strangers, even people mm-hmm. to help them. So mother had taken on this big assignment of, of caring for my dad and then had refused to have help as as much as we offered. It just wasn't going to happen. So yeah. when he passed away, she was very worn out. And we expected that she might die right after that. And we would, yeah. we had come yeah. to terms with the fact that that was their, it was their life and their decision that if they wanted the solitude together to cherish each other, it was not our place to interfere with that. So we had not overruled them, although we did have to have Dad's car, his driver's license taken away. Which, mm-hmm. if anyone's listening, I think we might want to talk about that. That's always a difficult one. Yes, I know people are listening, but what I mean is, if anybody listening is facing that right now, that is mm-hmm. a tough one, and we should give it some attention. But anyway, when when all that was over, Mother just rebounded so beautifully because she suddenly didn't have that big responsibility she'd been carrying. Sure. So really has done great with her widowhood. She's really amazed and surprised us and just done a beautiful job. But she was having health issues, and I started going to the doctor with her because I wasn't sure she was getting all her information correctly. Mm, good, yeah. Processed, you know, and so – about the first or second time I was at the doctor with her, who, this doctor we changed is, happens to be a close friend of mine. And I said to my friend, um, how, how do we know when it's time for mother to move in with us? We've been inviting her for years, two years now, but I can't seem to get her to understand that it really will be okay. And my friend said, well, Kathy, I'm so glad you asked. I thought I had covered too much material today, but I, that was going to be on my first thing on the agenda for your next visit. Uh, <laughs> and she hit my mom and she, she goes, Ann, you really need to live with Kathy. You just cannot be by yourself anymore. There so, it is. <laughs> yeah, I took care of it. And honestly, I felt total relief. And then I felt total like, doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Here yeah. it is. This is my life's fixing to change. So, Immediately, I called Sandra and said, I know you've been doing this for 10 years with your dad. Tell me what to, what do I need to do? <laughs> so I would say for sure, if anybody is facing that decision, it's a blessing you want to embrace. But mm-hmm. you also got to have some good friends you can turn to who can give you information because it's, it's true. important. Yeah. And I do think it's important to have that relationship with their clinicians because there are times 
that it's going to be, oh, they're not going to listen to you because, oh, you're just saying that because you want X, Y, Z. And there are times that it just needs to come from a different kind of authority, meaning, and don't forget that generation, no matter what your doctor said, it is gospel. It is going to be the, there is no denying whatever that doctor says. (laughs) I'm just laughing because my dad was a doctor. So you would think my mom would know, but they're just human beings who have really great training, really specialized experience and training, but they're still human beings. And and it's okay to, you know, ask them questions and find out their perspective and then think, think it through, get second opinions. And you would think my mom would know that because she lived with dad all those years, but she's the same way. She's exactly like you're saying. Well, the doctor said, so now we have to do it. That's it. It is. It is the you know God's truth, and there it's wonderful in the, to the extent that if you you can have this conversation at least with that clinician, maybe it's a a, a clergyman as opposed to yeah. a, a clinician, having the ability to sit down with that your elder and be able to say, let's talk about what's best for you and you're putting it in their perspective because I got to tell you as they age and as they progress they're a lot more self-centered and it doesn't mean that they don't care about the people around them that they aren't aware that others have needs they do get a little more childlike as they get older and more dependent they do get a little more self-centered so to be putting it in the perspective of what is best for them not I want you to move in with me because I need you to be close by it's what's best for you and when you're putting it into their best interest they can embrace it more because they're going to be a part of that decision and um, having that either a clergyman or a doctor or, or a nurse or care to care uh, social worker whatever your family has um, having that conversation with them makes it a little bit easier And I think one thing you just hit on that's so true, and that is for them to feel like they have a voice, you can't tell them what to do. And and it's disrespectful. It's so much better to have a third person and be able to ask questions like, how will we know when it's time? Or what have you seen other families do? Those are basic phrases, but those kind of questions Man, I just write it down in my memory and carry it around on a card to remember to phrase it that way Mm. so that my mother doesn't think I'm trying to be a dictator. Exactly. Because even for the littlest things, they're going to turn it around and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, you say that. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you're not a doctor that may, they may not verbally say that, but that's what they're thinking. Um, we've yeah. got a minute before the break, Kathy. Um, it, it's so interesting when you find the cha- changes in your parents. And I think, Having them be a part of it, but making sure that they understand that there is benefit in the decision. It may be a change, but a benefit. One thing I wanted to just bring up before we go to break, um, when you're talking about your mom needing to go through things, sometimes if not everybody has space or or available, if someone's got a garage or whatever, Sometimes it's nice to be able to put things into boxes and have them stored until they're ready. And if they haven't gone through something for, you know, a while, then you can say, you know, mom, we haven't really looked at this in a while. Let's think about 
whether the church could use this or the the you know the goodwill can use this there are times that maybe right now they just can't make that decision they're making yeah. a whole lot of other decisions in their life um whether or not to keep that uh that armoire or that that rocker may not be the right time yeah yeah we're here with kathy craffy today we're going to take a little break we've got lots more to talk about if you're in a sandwich generation um environment right now we've got lots more to talk to you about it's it's a wonderful opportunity for your family and we want you to make the best of it so stay tuned we've got lots more here on passing 50 Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. It's words you never heard. Did you realize that Twitter is over 10 years old? Twitter was first launched in March of 2006 with the hashtag feature appearing about a year and a half later. Twitter employs more than 2,700 people around the world. Today, there are over 241 million active users on Twitter, with an average of 500 million tweets per day. Now that's a lot of traffic. A lot of new words have been coined from the Twitter app. Uh, Tweetheart is your Twitter boyfriend or girlfriend, and Twitterphoria is the feeling you get when they tweet you back. If you don't want to feel like a twittiot when you tweet, there's a whole list of proper twetiquette available. At first, even I was a bit of a Twitterphobe, but if you want to follow me at Too Funny Carolyn, that would be twittastic. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Did you get up and stretch during the break? Great! Now you're ready for the next part of our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. We're back on Passing 50. If you've missed any part of this show or you want to catch up on some of our past shows, please visit Passing50.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can also find lots of information on BeckMultimedia.com. They are our powerhouse. They are behind behind us all the way. So we encourage you to visit BeckMultimedia.com. And while we're dropping some websites for you to visit, you want to go to KathyCraffy.com and then that's C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Echo dot com. Kathy, your um, mantra is uh, truth with a Texas twang. Yeah. Where did that come from? That's, uh, well, actually, I've had a column. I'm a writer, and so I've done quite a bit of writing and, and interviewing of leaders in our region here in East Texas. Mm-hmm. And the more I interviewed leaders, the more I saw there were certain characteristics that seem common to people who are very successful. And one thing is they like the truth a lot and they won't waste any time with, with you. If you don't, if you can't deal honestly with what you need to, then they would rather spend time with people who can be honest. And so that's one of the things that developed in my writing was this idea that we really owe each other the truth. Mm. And and we don't have to be forceful or dogmatic at all. In fact, if we're dogmatic, we're probably not being very truthful. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest, you know, there's a way to approach truth very gently. So that's where that comes from. I love it. I love it. You you don't have a very thick Texas accent, though. I have to say, you're so there's a little. 
there's a little. Well, we sound like Hicks. We really do. So I, I don't know how I sound on the radio. It doesn't matter. I, I just have to say what I need to in, in the gentlest way I can find to get it out there. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm up in obviously the Northeast, so I don't know if I sound Bostonian, but I, there's uh, being from the Northeast, there is a few times that something will come through and I'll listen to myself afterwards. I was like, oh my God, I said New Hampshire. I can't believe I said New Hampshire. <laughs> I think you could co- claim yours as truth with a patriotic twang because you definitely yeah. have kind of a sweet lilt in your voice, Robin, <laughs> that I, I've, I've learned to listen for your voice because I've grown to respect and appreciate your, your truth and oh the way you, you are so kind and caring for people when you consider what you want to put out there. So I love that about you. Oh, Kathy, you're a dear. You know, we're talking about our elders and how uh, to bring them, embrace them as a part of our our immediate family. It's not that they aren't, a f- obviously, they're family members, but there are times, and, and this may not, there again, may not be under the same roof. It may be that you're going to need to make sure they get one of those uh, button devices to be able to wear uh, those emergency buttons. It, sometimes people are very resistant to even wear those. I don't want to wear that. That's for old people. I'm not ready for that. Well, you know, I don't care. You could be 30 years old, and if you're living alone and you fell in the bathtub, you're going to need help. So I think anybody um, who who's alone a lot may need to have that kind of assistance. But we're kind of talking today about... Um, bringing someone into the home and being a part of our immediate family, uh, or at least you're going to be their caretaker. One of the things I think was helpful for me was to make sure I found, even if it was one hour's worth of time a week, that I found time for me. Because you need to remember that you are still wearing all of those hats. You're still mom. You're still a wife. And that's another thing we've got to talk a little bit about, too, being a wife. Um, I Because those, whether you're having a disagreement with your husband or you want a little private time with your husband, mm-hmm. those moments are impeded. There's no getting around it because you've got other adult ears in the house that are going to be a part of it. Um, it was very difficult for my husband and I to have an argument because we would start being vocal with each other, everybody has arguments Mm -hmm. and you need to get it out. It's healthy for you to, to air those issues so that you can resolve them. Mm -hmm. When your parent is there listening to it, um, they obviously have to have that say, or they have to have that contribution to the situation. Um, It was very difficult for us to find time to resolve our issues alone. Yeah, so, that's, that's been one of the more awkward things. Just, I'm just so grateful. One of the things that David and I've worked really hard on the last 15, probably 10 or 15 years is learning to have conversations instead of arguments. Cause honestly, I don't think I could have had mother in our home 15 mm-hmm. or 20 years ago. I mean, it was, it was so uncomfortable yeah. for all, for me and David and the kids because we didn't know how to communicate successfully we were just struggling yeah 
And and if I'd had mother there to witness that, that just would have been so horrible. Mm-hmm. But as it, because of the work we've already done, that's really equipped me. And I would just encourage people, if they don't know how to transform an argument back into a conversation with their spouse, there there is help for them. And they can go to kathycrafty.com and learn more about that. My my website's in construction always. I'm just finding it very inter- entertaining to be on there tweaking it all the time. So uh, there's a, there's tools on there. I, I have a section called the toolbox. And so there's some really helpful things. There's one thing called the fact box, F-A-C-T. Somebody, I, I guess my accent gets in the way, Robin, because somebody said the F-A-C-T box. Why would you have that? F-A-C-T, fact And it's just a way to have a conversation without being judgmental. Yeah. So, and it's a video. I mean, it'll take you, what, five minutes to watch it. So, but I I think you've raised a really valid point. I haven't had mother in my home very long, but I will tell you, I'm learning all kinds of things about why I have the perspective I do that some of it goes back to my childhood. So yes, I'm, I'm sure David is learning the same thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I understand where she got that, you know, so it should be an interesting voyage we're on together now. Well, it's true because there's certain little things that you'll do and you'll say, oh, if mom finds out or, oh, gee, yeah. mom wouldn't like it that way. And it's like, wait a minute, I can I can do the dishes the way I want or I can fold my laundry the way I want. I can leave that laundry basket in the middle of the living room if I want. <laughs> Absolutely. I am. I am right. I mean, you're speaking to the you're preaching to the choir, girlfriend. That is exactly where I am. And I'm, I'm really, when I, when I realized you did this for 20 years and Sandra's been doing it for 10, I was like, okay, these are amazing, good women and they have been successful at it. I could do this too. And I have many friends here locally that are, are engaged in this same process. So I, in fact, I talked to one of my friends this morning. I was going to just call her and check on her mom. I heard she took a fall. She's, she's not leave, living with her mom yet. And but I knew that would require her to go over there every day. I just knew she'd be stretched thin. So I meant to talk to her five minutes. We ended up talking. It takes me 30 minutes to get to town to be at the office. It, we talked the whole drive. We laughed so much. Yeah. And and I just want to say, I know you brought this up. There's a great quote that Sandra and you, when y'all had your last podcast on this topic of sandwiching generation, um, she said, you are you are not an inexhaustible resource. That's yes. Sandra Beck That's on Sandra the, said that. Yes. Yes. Being part of the sandwich generation. And I think that's the message I said to my friend this morning is we do really have to pull aside some time just for us and just yep. for our spouse. That has to happen. But, yes. but the great thing is one thing I'm noticing, we, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of our husband the time, the precious time with our spouse. But the good news is for the kids and the grandkids, you can actually fold them into the process and everybody is better for it. Like you said earlier. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, I mean, my kids are getting so much good information. When we come back, I don't want to forget. I want to tell you my story about paying for things. Cause I really want you to either tell me I'm doing a good job or tell me what I need to fix <laughs> or give me some ideas some tools, you know, but also, my kids are learning so much history as my mom has been passing down all these goodies that she's been collecting for 50 years. I mean, some of it looks like junk to me because it's from the 70s. 
And my kid's perspective is, oh, goody, we're getting vintage purses and vintage hats. (laughs) (laughs) What goes around comes around. I know. Isn't that wonderful? There were my my daughter and my mom had a fetish for shoes. And the two of them would just be a riot talking about shoes. And Emily would go shopping and she'd bring back a picture or she would bring back new shoes. And it would just be so fun. And then um, the stories that they would tell each other would be so cute. My mother, who when I was growing up was very, very strict. Um, I really had to uh, keep a very straight line around my parents. Very, very strict. Come to find out my mom, when she was a young adult, would go down to Boston because dancing, ballroom dancing was the big thing she'd always miss the last train coming back home to new hampshire and she would end up coming home on the milk train at 4 a.m <laughs> oh my God. if i ever knew that when i was 18 19 20 i think that would have just changed a whole lot of things in my life but for my mother to be giggling with my daughter and telling her her stories about how she came home on the milk train because she missed the club didn't close in Boston until 1 a.m. And I'm thinking, my God, that's my mother. <laughs> that is so hilarious. I love it. I know there's so much great stuff like that that we're learning about our family. But the stories that the children are hearing are never, ever going to be the same if they were to read them or if they if it was on a movie that they saw of an elder, yeah. you know, the, it, the fact that they are now having this opportunity to share those stories will always be a part of our children's lives. Uh, and what a rich, uh, rich foundation that is for them, uh, truly rich foundation. I want to mention your website again, Kathy, because you're right. You do have your, your tools are fat with information. Even if it's F-A-C-T, your toolbox (laughs) is huge with, with lots of great information. We want uh, everyone to visit KathyCraffy.com and it's C-A-T-H-Y and it's spelled K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Echo.com. Please visit Kathy there because Not only does she have a whole lot of great information and tools and tips for you, she's a delight to read and you want to be a part of whatever she's doing because there's something glorious about you, Kathy, that just brings out such inspiration. So we want everybody to visit you there and we will be back with more Kathy Craffy on the other side of the break right here on Passing 50. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. 
Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelove live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Want more information or hear other shows from Passing 50? Check out our info page on beckmultimedia.com or our website, passing50.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're with us today. What a great show this is. Lots of information. And I think this is part one of many because, Kathy, we do have so much to talk about. Kathy Crafty is with me today. Um, what an inspiration you are. And also, the fact that we are sharing this experience now, um, everybody is going to have this uh in their lives in one way, shape, or form. Again, we're going to have elders uh, that we're going to need to care for. We're going to have children that we still are bringing up. One of the things I think it's important when we were talking about our own time, I would try and have a little time either with my daughter or my son. Maybe we'd go out to lunch. Maybe we would go for a drive, and I would take the long way to drop off wherever I was dropping off because then we'd have that opportunity to be in the car together and be able to talk. You know, you have to weave in a few extra minutes here and there in your day. It does take a little crafting. As my my mom got older, I would need to have caretakers for her. For example, the day my daughter got married, I could not go up to Vermont and stay overnight and be a part of the wedding party. But I did go up for the afternoon and I had a caretaker come and sit with my mom so that we could drive all the way up, be at the wedding and drive all the way home right after. So there are some limitations in your life because of it. And I think your attitude has to be that I am in this position and given this blessing for a very short amount of time. I need to remember that within this time, I'm going to make the best for my life, for my mother's life, and for my children's lives. I am looking at all of this as a blessing. It doesn't mean that it's not without trial and tribulation, but it is going to definitely have the opportunity to be something that you will always have in your heart for the rest of your life. And now my mom has passed. I have so many joys that I bring with me every day uh, because of the experience that I had uh, for nearly 20 years. And so does my, my child, my children are funny because they'll bring up, Oh, remember when Graham did blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? um, and it will, um, and I notice things that my daughter does now that's definitely inherent from my mom. It's not me. It's definitely inherent from mom. So, uh, this, this is a joy and, um, I, I'm hoping that everyone can realize what a blessing this will be for them as well. I love it that you answered that question. Actually, I made a list of my questions and one of them was after 20 years looking back, you know, and having had time to process, what would you say your greatest, uh, lesson was? And, and I love it that you really answered that question by saying to really cherish the time because of the blessing and the joy and the memories for your kids and the shared the shared unity you have over those memories. I mean, that's just so precious, Rob, and I love it that, that that's the way you look at it. 
And I think it is an opportunity for your family to, um, as I say, they're, we're, we're in a very busy world. There are many times that children don't know their grandparents. There are many times that you as an adult don't have that time to spend with your parent as an adult. We've always been their child. We're not with them adult to adult many times. And especially if you don't live nearby, you only talk on Sunday afternoons on the phone or um, whatever your family situation is. There are many times that you don't ever have that closer relationship with your parent that you do if you've become a caretaker to them. You were talking about uh, a question about finances, Kathy. Um, And I think there again, that uh, putting everything, sort of laying everything out on the table right from the get-go is is important. They uh, are going to, you're going to need to help them with their social security, with their taxes, with their, 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 um, investments, you're going to need to be on their checkbook. You need to be on their, um, able to, to access all of their, their financials. I think that's important to, to get out of the way right at the beginning. Okay. So that's good advice. I, I have, I have siblings. I'm so fortunate in that way. So my brother's picked up that piece Mm -hmm. with his wife. They're very talented. Yeah and trustworthy people. And, and so that's been the piece they've helped us with, but I was, I was, so I'm the pressures off of me in that way a little bit. And I know that's not true for everyone. So I'm really grateful, but I was going to tell you, so we ran into a little problem as we're going through the house, going through things. There was a room where I found an infestation of some pests. So I, I had called the pest guy and he came and what I was fighting was this feeling of resentment. Like, And remember, my mother cared for my dad, and there were things, they had a big house. I mean, there were just things that got away from her. Yeah. But still, my my kind of selfish, resentful voice was popping up going, oh, my gosh, why should I have to pay for their pest control? So, I mean, I would, but I didn't want to wait for her to do it. I didn't even want her to have to do it. I wanted to do it for her. But that was the rub, like, I have to pay for this. So I just honestly told her, I said, Mom, here's the problem. I called the pest guy. He's come. Here's what it cost. If you want to, you can pay me back for that. I mean, she wrote me a check right there on the spot because she didn't want to be imposing on me. But if I don't know. There's something about my good girl mentality. I just hated to ask her for that little bit of money. <laughs> but I thought I was going to be resentful if I didn't. And so I just went ahead and asked for it. And she was so kind and she gave it to me. But that's not the end of the story. So it's been about a month ago, and we're way farther along in the process now. And about a month, so just in the last few days, I'm going through a big pile of stuff on my desk, and I find her check. I haven't even cashed it. <laughs> I was so stinky about it. It was so bad. Because it, it was anytime, I know this about myself, anytime I hear myself going, it's the principle of the thing. It's not the principal. I'm just being selfish. <laughs> it was an aha light bulb moment for me when I found that. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh, how funny. 
Well, okay. whether you're you're fortunate that you have other siblings that can help you with the okay. um, the situation yeah. in that you should uh, your elder needs to have a DPOA. You need to have a durable power of attorney. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you always want and and there again, it's important to help that your elder realize that these are not people who are going to impose on their privacy. It's not people who are trying to control what she's going to do or, or take from her or do anything behind her back. It's if all of a sudden they're in the hospital, you do need to have a durable power of attorney to be able to process something. Um, All of those kinds of things are, are conversations that need to come right out at the table um, and get worked. I I think I've shared this with you before, Kathy. My mom and I were going through her life insurance uh, uh, policies, and we were kind of looking at when they would mature. And she was getting very confused because one Mm -hmm. had a face value, but it didn't mature for another whatever, however long it was at at that time. And she just kind of looked at me with this real puzzled look, and she says, Am I ready to go? <laughs> Am I good to go? <laughs> I said, yeah, mom, you're good to go. And it, every time I hear someone say we're good to go, now I have to just smile because that was what my, she just with that little puzzled look on her face would say, am I good to go? I love that. But it's, we- it is putting everything out on the table, Kathy. And I think that's that's where you know the the Sunday afternoon you spend an hour and you get one thing out of the way um I don't think you can overwhelm your elders with all of the details right right all at once it's got to evolve and give your family time to do that that's really a great suggestion even having a set time like we're going to work on this on Sunday afternoons after lunch for two hours and that's it all week the rest of the week is so much freer so I think I'm going to write that down and put that in my calendar that Mm -hmm. that's Great advice, Robin. Thank you for that. The other thing, too, is when you do have your family meetings, if you will, or I know Sandra calls them there, her tribal, her, what is she, Sandra calls it, her fireside tribe or fireside yeah. meetings. I think it's important to come to something positive out of it. You may have something that you've still got to resolve but have one thing that you all feel good about and you all come away with because that's going to set the tone better the next time you have a conversation. Um, and, you, and your elders are going to need reminders that there's no getting around it. They do. Remember, Mom, we said that we were going to go to, to the doctor with you. It's important that we all have, you know, I may have questions as to how I should help you with your medication. You know, it's little things like that in there again putting it in her perspective, her benefit, her care. Mm-hmm. We had a we had an interesting thing happen. We found some china in a box buried in the attic, and nobody was sentimentally attached to it because nobody used it. Oh. It was, you know, Depression-era people who saved everything, but it was just in the attic. So I pulled it out, and it sat there for a month, and finally I said, we're going to call that the Easter china, and we're going to build stories around it. So we started telling this Easter, just a, just a, recently, we started telling the kids, the next generation, these stories that went with this China so they would be ready to receive it if they want it. But I think that's so important. And so I found a quote that sort of summarizes what you and I've been talking about, this blessing, this joy. Yeah. And the quote is from Russell Baker. He's a New York Times writer. He said this. 
children rarely want to know who their parents were before they were parents. And when age finally stirs their curiosity, there's no parent left to tell them. And is it, oh my gosh, that when I read that, I kind of had a little tear and a little, um, a little chill because there are so many things I wish I could go home and, and talk to mom about. Um, and I don't have her here, but I have her in my heart and, uh, all of the bonding and all of the joy that you're sharing now is going to be with you always, always, always. And Kathy, we hope you'll come back and talk a little bit more about this because we always, always want to have you in our lives. So. <laughs> It's such a joy to be with you, Robin, every time. I just feel like I, I needed the encouragement today, and I feel like I'm not alone. Everybody I know seems to be facing this, and it is not out there. You guys are putting it out there where no one else is going, so thank you for that. Well, thank you. And let's talk a little bit more in another session because it is true. There's an awful lot of us that are uh, wearing these these multiple hats, um, and we need to realize that Every day is going to have something wonderful in it. Every day may have a little bit of a challenge, but by processing the challenge, it's going to be a blessing on the other side. Uh, and it, I know that that sounds so um, trite, but honestly, it truly is going to be something that you and your family will cherish always. Uh, we want everybody to visit Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E, Dot com. Definitely check us out at Passing50.com. And of course, always visit us at BeckMultimedia.com. We're so glad that everybody was with us. And Kathy, will you come back another time and we'll continue this conversation? You know, I just can't wait, Robin. I just look forward to it all. I just couldn't wait for it to start today. I was so excited <laughs> to get to visit with you. Great. Well, we'll continue. We'll call it a series and we'll have you back uh, very shortly here on Passing 50. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. We appreciate you always and we look forward to having you back. Take care. We're glad you spent this time with us today. Relax. Passing 50 isn't so bad and every year after can be great, too. You're in good company. Passing 50 is a production of Beck Multimedia. Join us again for another great discussion right here on Passing 50. Mm-hmm.